My name is Catherine Ann Byam, and I'm the host of Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the sustainable innovator. COP26 is a moment in time that we will remember as either the time that we turned the world around for the good, or the moment, the last chance that we had to make a difference. COP26 has four goals. Secure global net zero by mid-century and keep 1.5 degrees within reach. Adapt to protect communities and natural habitats. Mobilize finance and work together to deliver. Let's see what the initiatives of COP26 will have in store for all of us. Today, my guest is Lola Fernandez. Lola was born in Spain, but considers herself a citizen of the world as she's lived and worked outside of her home country for more than half her life. As a girl, she always had a love for nature and grew up with anxiety about the future of the planet, and she became an activist at an early age. During the nearly 25 years she built a corporate career, she had a sense that she was meant to do something more. She started toying with the idea of her own business, where she could set the values to align to what she really believed in. She left the corporate world to embark on the biggest adventure of her life, founding Greed Cloud 9. It's such a pleasure to have you on Where Ideas Launch. You are one of my best friends in the sustainability space, and it's such a pleasure for me to host you. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Catherine. It's my pleasure to be here because, as you know, I'm a great fan of, of your work. Thank you so much. And Lola, I wanted to start off with where you grew up. And, you know, I know there's there's a bit of a story there, but how did that sort of impact your activism work and how did that influence who you are today? Yeah, well, I, I grew up in, in Spain and uh, pretty much between the south and the north. My family came from the south by the sea. And then because of work, we moved up to the north, uh, very close to the Pyrenees, to the mountains. So I, I have always had a very close relationship with, with nature. I love both the sea. I love the mountains. I, I love animals. I, I started developing that passion as well as a, as a Girl Scout um, very, very early in my life. And basically, as, as I was growing up, I, I started learning as well about the, the damage and the, the things that we were doing to our environment. And for me, it was, it was very shocking to see that um, sometimes uh, trying to, to spend some time by a river where, where we were having picnics as a family, we couldn't do that anymore because they have destroyed it. So this started causing me anxiety. So I started trying to learn a little bit more. And somehow I inside of me something reacted. So I, I couldn't just stay put. And I think I, when I was 13 or 14 is when I, I had very clear that I needed to do something. And that something started with very little changes at home. And it slowly grew a little bit bigger and I started joining organizations. I started going to demonstrations, etc. That's amazing. So you have worked in, I think it's four important spaces, NGOs, big corporate, sustainable ventures as well, which is within the big corporate space and mm-hmm. now as an entrepreneur. Can you possibly reflect on what were the sort of lessons you took from each of those phases to sort of give you the grounding you have now? Yeah, well, I think from every area, I have picked different things, probably from NGOs. um, What I learned was more about values, things like integrity and and the passion to do something that you believe in. But I think there were also other important things like commitment and engagement, because normally we join NGOs out of conviction, but 
you need to keep that mission and that passion alive. And for that, you need to keep the feet on the ground. It is very easy to get lost in uh, idealistic principles, but you really want to achieve change. You need to, to roll up your sleeves and, and work, right? So I think that, that being realistic has been very important there. I mean, from, from the big corporate time, I mean, nearly 25 years there, I have, I have taken so many lessons. And of course, um, many of them have been on the business side, like learning to project manage, learning business development, how, to, uh, how important it is to focus on customers. But I think um, a very important uh, part of the learnings has been on the leadership side. I mean, the, the all, all around leadership skills, like how to deal with people, how to communicate, understanding notions of setting up an organization. Uh, all of that has been very, very useful until now. Yeah. And now on the entrepreneurship adventure, I would say that the biggest lesson is uh, have learned is humility. Because no matter how much I, I knew from before, from those 25 years experience, I have realized that there is still much more that I need, I need to learn. So I need to approach everything with a very open mind. And um, so that, that together with greed and determination, I think is, is what I'm learning the most now from, from being an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, these are, these are really powerful lessons. I mean, tell everyone about what Greed Cloud 9 is so that they have a perspective before we get into some of the challenges. Like just explain yeah. the concept. Yeah, so basically Green Cloud 9 is a, is a digital marketplace. And probably the best way that people envision it is, is Amazon. So it is pretty much like Amazon, a marketplace where people can find everything that they need uh, from clothing up to cosmetics, food, etc. But focus on the niche sustainability. So that's, that's the biggest uh, difference in our case only sustainable and ethical brands are going to be allowed in the platform and to make sure that they are ethical and sustainable, we make them go through a, an assessment process and only those who pass the assessment uh, will be able to, to sell in the platform. And the assessment process, is this something created by you guys or is it something that you're collaborating with other organizations to do? Yeah, so well, we have a sustainability team in Green Cloud 9. And what, what we decided to do, I think in the future, this will probably evolve. But what we decided to do is to create a simplified version of what um, the big certifying bodies are doing. That is a very expensive and, and lengthy process. And we have simplified that keeping the spirit of it, but making it very easy also for small companies who cannot afford to spend 3,000 euros a year or, or up to 5,000 euros sometimes on, on that kind of process. We are giving them the opportunity to demonstrate that they are sustainable with this simplified process that we have developed ourselves. Okay. And are you getting some sort of a, an approval for your process as well? Is that something that you have in your work so that your process can become a certification as well? It, exactly. So that's the idea. In the long term, we, are, we ourselves want to get certified by one of the best renowned uh, certification bodies out there and turn our little process into a, a certification on its own. Yeah. But we, we need to learn on, on what we have created so far and see how that, how that develops. Yeah, perfect. No, this, this sounds really great and, and exciting. What are some of the biggest challenges you've faced in building 
what you have today in Green Cloud Nine? Well, I think there many, many, but I think the the fact that it is a very complex project. I mean, everybody think, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's just a marketplace. What can be complex there? But now everything is complex about it. And uh, the fact that we we are looking at a European scope, so we want to we want to have sellers. We want to give sustainable sellers overall in Europe the opportunity to reach more customers, mm-hmm. and that adds complexity in terms of languages, in terms of legal regulations, in terms of taxes. So it is it is a, a lot there. Um, of course, the 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 capital, the, the budget itself. Uh, this is, this is a massive project. It needs a lot of, uh, or it's going to need a lot of capital right now. I'm funding everything myself uh, as a single uh, founder, but um, very soon we are, we are going to be looking at, uh, at investment. And of course, trying, trying to build a team without a proper budget has been also a, a big challenge, which I think considering the, the complexities and the restrictions, I'm, I'm solving relatively well. I have right now an amazing team of volunteers from all over the world. And another thing we are doing bad at all, considering that, that a year ago, this was just an idea on paper. So uh, slowly we are, we are facing our challenges and we are working through them. And of course, now there are some new challenges coming, especially on the funding side. Yeah, no, definitely. How, what is it like working with volunteers? And tell me about this experience for you, because I know there are two sides to this experience. Sure, sure. I mean, it, it, is, it is amazing because um, we have very motivated people. So normally all the people that are joining us, they are, they are people that believe in what we do, right? It's, otherwise, they would not be working for us for free. And um, and they are they are convinced about our mission and our vision, and they are very creative. They are motivated. They have um, yeah. They, they bring lots of ideas, and and because the team is all over the world as well, we are having an amazing diversity, cultural diversity, backgrounds. So that's that's uh, that makes the team very very dynamic. Of course, on the on the downside, let's say it's is we are having to to manage already a complex organization, also just using volunteers, and and that considering that most of the volunteers are only working part time, there is organization challenges, time restrictions. Uh, sometimes people um, they need to leave the the team before their time, and and of course there is. On the personal side, people that they think that because it's volunteers, it means that they they don't have to work. <laughs> so there is always a bit of of a challenge there, making keeping people engaged and making sure that they understand the commitment behind yeah. what what they're doing too. And I guess I guess there's also an internal side for you because when you have so many people giving their time, giving their creativity, giving giving their all, you must also feel a sense of of deep obligation. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, it is a lot of work, and as I say, so even we are starting to build um, sub teams. So I'm, on one hand, it's very good as well because where I see talent, I'm, I'm able to develop that talent and and into into team leaders, and and we do have a lot of talent in the team. But of course, it is 
Um, right now we are about 35 people. We have been up to nearly 50 at some point. And to have that coordinated and uh, it needs a lot of time, a lot of engagement, a lot of commitment. So yeah, not, not so easy to manage. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the intended business model. What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like if you're a customer, if you're a supplier? Tell us about it. Yeah. So if uh, basically, as we said, so we are a digital marketplace. Uh, basically, if you are a sustainable seller, what you can do is to create a little shop in our platform. We are making, we are streamlining the process a lot. So everything can pretty much be done online. We are also simplifying lots of the complexities of, of taxes, for example. I mean, trying to sell the, the VAT within Europe is a nightmare. And what we are doing is we are coding lots of this stuff in the back end of the platform. So it is a lot easier for the sellers. And the idea is to have sellers uh, across industries, pretty much on every consumer uh, area and uh, products, but in the future also services. So we, we want to offer later on also consultancy, marketing, etc. And, and yeah, so then through the platform, the, the sellers will be able to reach also customers in, in other countries that they normally operate. So many of the, of the companies that we are approaching, they are really small. They are usually selling within their country. And we want to give them the opportunity also to reach customers internationally in, for now within, within the EU, but later on in, in other regions as well. And if you're a customer, uh, the experience should be, as we said, very similar that uh, if you're shopping in Amazon, we want customers to, to save time and, and to be able to buy with trust and transparency. But we don't want them to have to think, oh, are these brands really sustainable? So that's why we are doing the work for them with the assessment, right? So when, when you land in our platform as a customer, you, you need to have that uh, peace of mind that what you're buying is sustainable. Yeah. And we want to offer, as we said earlier, pretty much every, every daily product that you may want to, uh, to find. So from, from food, your toothpaste, your uh, cosmetics, clothing, etc. Perfect. And what's it been like as a woman leading such a big venture? And especially uh, in the tech space? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is challenging, I think, because first, there are, there are not many women entrepreneurs out there. So we are still facing some uh, challenges on, on that sense that uh, if you come as a woman with such a big project, they look at you funny. <laughs> like, are you sure what you're doing there? And, and uh, you need to start pulling that look this is my cb i have 20 years experience i have i have worked in many areas and so that that's still a little bit of a, of an issue but there are also i think there are also benefits like i'm, I'm having the opportunity be, being a woman running this uh this this show um, i'm having the opportunity as well to help other women and i'm a great believer in empowering everybody but especially women, because we know our own shortcomings when it comes to step forward and show our potential. So I'm, I'm using the opportunity now also to help uh, women. So we have actually majority of women in, in our team. And I'm also 
personally coaching and mentoring several of them that are showing interest in, in growing personally and, and developing to, to see where, where we can bring them. <laughs> so that's, that's really fantastic. I think it's, it's something that that's, I think a big part of the cell for the volunteer, right? To, to get that sort of coaching and support. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what would you say to someone wanting to begin a sort of green first entrepreneurial journey? What, what would you recommend? Yeah, I, I would say that the first step would be to look at yourself internally and understand your purpose. Why, why you want to do that and what is driving you? Because this is, this is a long and hard path. There are good days, but there are many nights, very many dark times and sleepless nights. So you really need to be very convinced why you want to do this. If you want to just do it for money, you can't forget it. You need to have something a lot more deeper that, that is driving you. Um, and that's, that's what is going to keep you. That's what, it, what is going to keep you, especially when those dark times come that you say, no, no, okay. Today has been bad, but I know tomorrow is going to be better and you can you can continue. And um, But apart from that, it, keep going. Don't give up. Uh, many startups fail because they give up too soon. If they continue two more months or six more months, they could be successful. But many, they they, are, they go through frustrating times and they give up and it's, it's too early. So determination and, and purpose, I think, are, are two key elements. Perfect. How can my listeners get involved and support Green Cloud Nine? I, I love what you're doing and I'm, I'm very keen to, you know, shout it from all my platforms. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, well, so as, as you know, we're going to be launching very soon. So um, I guess we would like to invite everyone to visit our website first at greencloud9.com and have a little bit of a uh, of a better, learn a little bit about what our vision and, and our mission is. Um, right now, as we are preparing for the launch, um, specifically specifically regarding sellers, we are looking for a limited number of sustainable companies that want to partner with us so we can develop and grow together. Because we know how hard it is to, to find your place, not just in the market in general, but in the sustainability uh, market in particular. So we think that partnering and helping each other, we have uh, much better chances to to succeed. So if if anybody is running a sustainable business in, in Europe now, later, we will expand. Uh, but please visit our website, sign up uh, for our Green Pioneer program, and then we'll, we can start talking and, and see how this can develop. And of course, on the customer side, we would love people also to subscribe to our newsletter, to keep up, up to date with what's happening when our launch is coming. Also, if people would like to spread the word, find us some more connections, that's always very good. And when we launch, of course, to visit our, our platform and see what kind of sustainable products they can find there. Thank you so much, Lola, for coming to the show, for sharing all of this insight and for the exciting project that you're building. I know it can't be easy taking on Amazon, <laughs> but but it's really a pleasure to see that that such a platform is 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 happening and it's so purpose driven. So thank you and congratulations. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Kat. Thank you. Season four of Where Ideas Launch was brought to you today by Catherine Ann Byam, Business Resilience and Strategy Consulting Services. Catherine provides business assessments, 
and strategic support to help guide your business toward a net zero future. Get in touch with Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.